Good morning, Peter Goffwood. What are you doing for Good, good. Yeah, I was going to say, don't let, don't let Elise get hold of that song because she'll just play it to me every afternoon. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a great one. They're from a great local talent, Rafenti. Okay, I won't, I won't tell her if you don't. So uh, your okay. secret's safe okay. with me. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about this week? So this week, um, two days ago, was the uh, was International Chef Day, and I thought we'd talk a little bit about just to reminisce of some of the, the interesting stories of, of, of my travels. Um, it's just quite interesting because it's International Chef Day. It's, it's, it's I always marvel at the fact that how actually international it really is, and because I always say to to students and and, and, and stuff as I'm lecturing or talking to young, because I always say to people, you know, if you can cook, you can travel, and it's one of the beauties of of, of my. Uh, of my profession, and I've been very fortunate in that regard to have cooked all over the world. Yeah. Um, because cooking is a fairly universal language, you know. Um, grilling is grilling in any language in the world. They don't grill it differently in Russia uh, or in Oman, you know. Uh, steaming is the, same, is the same the world over. So, you know, if you can grasp the actual kitchen basics, it's very, very interesting and easy to pick up all you need to know in foreign kitchens. And, and, a, and a couple of interesting stories. One of one of my favourite trips. I did a lot of. I've done a lot of stuff with the, uh, over the years with the Department of Trade and Industry. We mm. often do sort of South African trade missions to different countries where they take out um, uh, a lot of people with, particularly food and wine, um, who are looking to to break into new markets. And often they take chefs with them to do demos and to prepare some of the, the goods that are that, that, that the South African purveyors are, are trying to sell in those countries. And I've had the fortune, the fortunate task of having to cook a lot of these kind of things. And one of my favorites was a trip to Hungary. We, we were based in Budapest. Um, and it was really quite, um, a, quite an experience. They have this um, annual wine festival, which is quite the most amazing thing I've ever been to. It's in the, it's in the, the, the Buda side. Mm-hmm. Buda, Budapest is, is, is two cities, yeah. Buda and Pest, on either side of the Danube River. And there's the old city and the new city. Um, and it's actually interesting, the new city is 300 years old. Well, okay. Um, just to, <laughs> that's <laughs> our old. <laughs> give you an idea. Um, the old city pretty much was, was, was the castle and the, and, the, and the surrounds, and it was protected by the Danube River. And there's this beautiful palace there, and they have this wine festival every year in the palace. And it's sold for about four or five days, and it's attended by about 90,000 people. It really is quite, quite magnificent. And every year... They have a guest country, and they invite uh, wineries from, from from that guest country. And and the one year, the year I was there, South Africa was the guest country. So I went along with about seven or eight of the South African wine producers, and I was hosted by um, um, a local restaurateur, who it turns out I didn't realise at the time had South African connections, is why he was keen to host us. Um, but also, he was kind of like the godfather of the restaurant scene in in Budapest. So. We were treated like royalty, but the funny thing was is that so I, myself and my sous chef went along and sent recipes um, and menus and stuff through, and we realized that English was going to be a problem, communication was going to be a problem, because we had to send all of our recipes and stuff to an interpreter so that it could translate into into Hungarian, which is a, a language called Magyar, uh-huh. It is quite an amazing language because it's... Uh, the, the Hungarians are the only nation that were populated by the, from the east. Oh. So, so the rest of Europe has very sort of 
Saxon and Franco and Moorish uh, roots, whereas Hungary was actually uh, settled by 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 the Mongolians. Okay. Um, and, and that, that so their, their language is very very different. And it is one of the most beautiful languages I've ever listened to. But it makes no sense at all if you try and read it or look at it. You know, you can fathom out what's going on, particularly if you're in the kitchen, you know, with German and French and Dutch Mm -hmm. and Spanish, because the ingredients look kind of familiar, you know. Bananas has been, you know, so so that's quite a, but not in uh, in Magyar. So we had to have all of our our, um, recipes translated. And when we arrived, the day before we started cooking, we got a brief tour of the restaurant, meet all the chefs. And, and initially, we had to have an interpreter with us because what always happens in kitchens in foreign places, everyone says, who can speak English? And no one says they can speak English because they don't want to be tasked with being the kind of interpreter and they kind of keep a low profile. So <laughs> when we originally got there, apparently no one could speak English. It soon became obvious that virtually all of them spoke a bit of English. Okay. <laughs> but we were, be, we were being taken around and we were showed all our ingredients and had a little a prep kitchen that was set up for us and that kind of stuff. And I remember seeing two things. There was, there was um, what was the first? Oh, yes, there was, there was um, uh, a big bag, a five-kilo bag of peanuts and this massive five-kilo block of butter. Okay. And I'm thinking, I don't remember any of the recipes that called for five kilos of peanuts. And, and I said to the guy, and his English is, ah, ah, butternuts. I mean, okay, that's enough. The literal translation is butter and nut. It was actually quite interesting because I had to rummage through the, I had to rummage through um through their fridge and they had butter nut. I said, ah, he goes, ah, he says, this oh. is called Canadian gourd. I said, oh, okay, well there you go. You know, it just shows you everyone. We both know the exact ingredient and what to do with it, but we call it completely different things. And so, and the other the other ingredient was we had all these loads of powdered milk. Um, and I thought, okay, powdered milk. Again, I'll back there. Maybe there's some kind of dairy shortage that I'm, I'm not aware of. Uh-huh. Um, and, um, and then I went into the fridge and it was packed to the, to the rafters with fresh cream and milk and yogurt and all the fresh dairy. So I thought, what on earth? And then I realized that one of the, one of the recipes that we were doing was a malta pudding. And in traditional recipes for malta pudding for the sauce, you use evaporated milk. Uh, oh goodness! More evaporated than. Uh, oh goodness! Than yeah. <laughs> oh gosh! So, <laughs> so and, and unfortunately, evaporated milk they did not have. Oh okay. Uh, but so, so that we had to make a plan with. But what was fantastic was this kind of universal language of chefs. Was first of all, people started to come and chat to us, and and the first thing they say was, "What kind of music do you want to listen to?" Mm-hmm. So we made the mistake of saying, "Whatever you guys listen to," and we had to listen to five days of some really heavy, heavy metal uh, in the kitchen. Oh my after that was really uh, quite powerful stuff. Um, but that was what, but, 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 uh, the fine with chefs, and it, it was quite interesting about uh, this kind of universal language. The first thing chefs want to know about where you come from is how much do cars cost, how much do beers cost, and how much do cigarettes cost. Oh my it's goodness. kind of like this universal currency they can gauge because it's, it's something that they can relate to, so they can gauge whether or not it's a cheap country or an expensive country by the price of beers, cars, and cigarettes. Um, no food. Interesting. Yeah, no, no, no food. food. That, that's just kind of just universal currency kind of thing. Wow. And it was one of those things that, so we did lots of cooking. We had, we had this head chef who spoke, he was one of the guys who spoke no English whatsoever. And... Um, so he was kind of very circumspect about what we were up to and very dubious having two chefs in his kitchen. And 
it wasn't until sort of uh, two days before we had like two or three days of prep before the functions before this festival started. Basically, what we had was we had this little South African uh, a la carte menu, like four starters, four main courses, and four desserts that were served throughout. So we had a couple of days of prep to get ready for that, and we were making this red wine reduction, this 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 jus mm-hmm. to go with I think with Springbok or something like that. We were just finishing it off. It was on the pot reducing. We just finished it up. It was all nice and glossy and, and gorgeous and lovely pouring consistency. We were quite happy with the kind of balance of flavors. And then uh, the chef came up and he potted with a spoon. Can he taste? And he had a quick taste. And then he had another taste. And then he just screamed and shouted everyone in the kitchen. And then all of a sudden, all the chefs there were spoons tasting the sauce. And that was it. After that, our life was an absolute dream. There we had, uh, we were now allocated the next day, we were allocated sort of young uh, apprentices who did all our chopping and peeling and all of the kind of mundane stuff mm. that we've been soldiering through. was now taking care of our slew of apprenticeships who are now helping us. You know, it was just something as simple as a source that he said, okay, these guys now know what they're doing. Wow. You know, and it was so, quite interesting. And it, so your it, credentials... It was a kind of universal language of yeah. These guys, we now they're from Africa, but these guys can cook. So the credentials is one of the beauties of it, you know. So the credentials didn't say much. You had to prove yourself first. Yeah. Wow. I mean, they, they, that's, that's it. I mean, that's that's what chefs are. You know, you come to my stomping ground. You're our guests, and we haven't. We don't know what you cook. We don't know what your food is like. It sounds a bit strange. Yes. But once they tasted that, they realised we were accepted. You and would, the thing was, from then on, in, we kind of so. The, 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 someone comes to us and says, oh, your, 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 staff, your staff meal is ready. So we thought, okay, cool. We went to go get a bowl and get out, out the pot of goulash that everyone else is eating. And the guy said, no, 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 no. That's not. The chef has prepared lunch for you. Oh, wow. And we said, what? We said, and, oh, no. There was, we, we, you know, we don't want to impose or eat from it. No, no, no. The chef had been, um, one of his specialities was doing was, was authentic, original, kind of local Hungarian food. And so every day at the same time for our entire five days in the kitchen there, we had to sit down at lunch and the chef had prepared three courses of just authentic Hungarian, you know, dishes, no restaurant style food, just because that's what we said we wanted to eat. We wanted to try the local culture. And he cooked for us the most amazing food paired with the most amazing Hungarian wines. And it really was just the most... um, magical experience because it was now we were part of the brotherhood now we were part mm. of this kind of universal band of brothers or band of bandits whatever you want to call <laughs> us band of pirates more likely um, <laughs> it was just something as simple as just producing a source that, that got us that recognition wow. and that's one of the beauties of, of, of for me that I always think of you know when I think of international shifts and what is that common thread that joins us all it's that love of food and, and the process and the respect for ingredients because the cooking is the cooking wherever you go, you know. Mm. Roasting an entire animal, uh, you know, the, the theory and, and, the, and the precision is the same whether you do it, you know, in, uh, in Johannesburg, Jakarta or Jerusalem, you know. And I, and I think that for me is always something I love about, about celebrating international chefs. There is that ability to travel and to, to just speak this kind of common language. And it doesn't matter if you want to travel and you can cook. Whether you work on yachts, whether you work in, you know, uh, ski resorts, whether you work in Michelin star chateaus, or you, you know, you flip burgers on a beach somewhere, you know, mm. it's it's a magnificent way of traveling and it's a magnificent universal language. 
That sounds absolutely fascinating. And uh, I just think to myself, you know, you when 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 people are around food, it is such a unifying factor as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it. It's just people. Everyone can relate. You know, we we may not always relate to the ingredients, what's done with them, mm-hmm. but you know, it's that it's that that. That conviviality of breaking bread together, yeah. and, and as a chef, you're, you're you're you know you're a great part of that that, that process because you facilitate that. Fantastic. And so that kind of yeah. It's I mean we have so I'll just tell you another thing just quickly. So we have the South African Chefs Association all, all does every like I mean every, every eight years it's called the World Cooks Tour for mm. Hunger, um, and we haven't done it for a while here. And basically what that so that that is we do a week long fundraising to do um, fundraising for school feeding programs. We raised about, I think, five million rand last time we did it. That's now, incredible. Now, what happens is, is we, have a, we host a whole lot of international chefs. So chefs, we invite chefs from around the world, and we usually have about 200, 250. Um, the, 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 the event is sponsored by Togo Sun, so they, they provide the accommodation. But all the chefs pay their own way, they buy their own plane tickets, and they come here of their own volition to come and help us raise funds to, to raise uh, um, food for, for school feeding programs. You know, so we get 250 chefs, international chefs who fly here just to come and help us raise money. So there's, that's an extension of that brotherhood, which I think is yeah. fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And I remember many years ago um, when uh, the chefs were hosted in South Africa, what an incredible event it was. It took a long time ago. But, uh, yeah, in my previous life in the hotel industry, but it is, it is fantastic. And it was good to see um, the incredible work that was done beyond just creating good meals and actually thinking mm-hmm. be, beyond that. So, uh, Peter, that sounds absolutely fantastic. You want to share with us very briefly what you're up to at the end of, of November. Oh yes, yeah. so so we decided to to do a, a braai experience. So um, I've got we've got um, uh, um, being hosted at the Auberge Burgundy in uh, in Hermanus, oh. uh for two days for a weekend, and everyone's kind of arriving on the Friday. We'll have some meet and greet. We've got loads of fantastic wine. Saturday we'll do a nice braai masterclass where everyone gets to cook along, um, and 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 that kind of thing. So it's. We've got all sorts of fabulous things braai related happening over that weekend. If anyone's interested, they can go to my Facebook page or my Instagram page to go and see the details if it's something they're keen on doing. But um, yeah, it's going to be a fantastic couple of days. We've got a yeah. beautiful, beautiful foundation. It's a magnificent little place. We're taking over the entire hotel. Um, but it's quite limited. We were only talking about 16 to 18 people, so it'll be quite hands-on and quite intimate. Um, and so you can either go to my Facebook page or my Instagram feed or to the Auberge Burgundy website um, and, and book along for our ultimate Brian after weekend. It looks absolutely fantastic. I mean, uh, Peter sent me the photographs yesterday. It looks magical. So uh, if you really want to spend an exclusive weekend uh, with Peter Goff Wood, then go and check out his Facebook and Instagram pages. Peter, a joy to speak to you. We'll chat again next Friday again. Definitely, Vanessa. Until then, may the source be with you. Bye-bye.